Do you have more than one location? Or do you have many retailers selling your products in multiple locations? If you do, the best way to help customers find them is with the Bold Store Locator app. I have used it in several stores, and it always works. It's the original Store Locator app for Shopify. And whether you have 10 or 10,000 locations, this app can handle it, and it looks great in any store. Your customers can let the app detect their location, or simply enter their zip code, select a radius, and see the locations near them. They can even click and get turn-by-turn -turn directions. Plus, it offers filtering to make sorting through 10,000 locations even easier. And if you want to customize it, you can create custom pins, set priorities for ones to show at the top, maybe they're a preferred dealer, add custom text, hours, descriptions for each location, even custom fields. And of course, you could bulk import all of your locations with a CSV and export too if you need it. But probably my favorite feature is what they call heat map reporting. In the back end, you could see a heat map report of where everyone is searching for you. This is a great way to get insight into where people are looking for your products and where they want you to be. So if you have multiple locations, check out Bold Store Locator. As an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their Store Locator app free for two months. To get this special offer, go to kurtelster.com bold and you'll be able to install it from there. kurtelster.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Today on the Unofficial Shopify Podcast, we are talking about a topic near and dear to my heart, soap. Yes, who does not love soap? What is more exciting than soap? During, and I'm, I'm serious, I'm not even kidding with this, because during the pandemic, one of the, the little luxuries, the niceties, the things I'd like to do for, for myself in the shower, wait, that didn't sound good. That's <laughs> one of the things I'd like to do for myself is just buy nice soap. Like cheap soap is a dollar a bar. Decent soap is you know eight to ten dollars. You can get good soap, and that's just such a wonderful luxury to have in the shower to start your day with. And so I'm going to talk to a man whose soap looks so good you'd swear you could eat it. The stuff looks like brownies, and it performs well. It smells great. It is a phenomenal product. Joining me today to discuss soap is Quentin Lewis from Urban Eden. Mister Lewis, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? 
Uh, pretty good. You know, I kind of, I get to work from home. I show up, Mm -hmm. roll out of bed. I get, for some reason, I still get showered and like go through my routine every day and then just, you know, make the commute from the kitchen to here. Hey man, stuck in a little bit of traffic and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I had to step over the cat. Right. Traffic jam in the hallway. Right. Because he's not moving for anybody. Right. But yeah, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm here. I'm at, uh, I'm in the office in the warehouse right now. You know, we have a, have a big warehouse right now. So I just had to step away and take this interview. I'm happy to be here though. When you, when you say you've got a warehouse, so you, uh, are you handling everything? Like you manufacture, you design the product design, design your soap, manufacture your soap, uh, store it, ship it, pa- or pack it, ship it, everything start to finish happens with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. The whole, and the whole thing. You said warehouse. How many people you got there now? We have twenty. We have twenty employees, and we're and we're continuing to hire. The only reason why we're continuing to hire, we're just going through this uh, kind of being backed up a little bit. So I kind of need some temps, and, you know, things right now. But it's a good time to really train and get prepared for Q four. And when you say you're you're backed up, how at its worst this year, what was your backlog? How far back were you on orders? Um, like right now, like about a month, like a month. Um, Whoa, that's quite yeah, the backlog. That is the backlog. We're about. 6,600 orders back, back order, like back, like backed up. Um, but I'm pretty sure we will get in, we'll get into all of that, but you'll see the reason why we're so backed up and, and, and what happened and just the, the massive growth over the past few months. All right. So you're right. Let's 10,000 foot view. Let's back up. Let's zoom out. What the heck is urban Eden? So urban Eden is a natural products business. Um, we specialize in bar soap, you know, bar soap Mm. was like our, in, in a restaurant, like it's our burger, you know, it's our foundation. It is what we started with. Uh, but we did bar soaps for about two, two and a half years without introducing any other type of product. Cause we told ourselves, we just want to establish ourselves in the market with just bar soap. Um, and just kind of focus on that. And, you know, when you start adding on a lot of other products, you do add on a lot more overhead and a lot more responsibility. So we were just kind of taking it slow and just said, Hey, just bar soap. But now we do a lot of other natural body care products like body butter, body oil, uh, natural deodorant, um, what else? Scrubs, you know, things in the kitchen. I mean, in the bathroom We're our, our goal is the bathroom right now. I like that. I, and as you're like expanding, it makes sense to expand into like things that are adjacent to what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. all the products sound like I, there's a, probably a ton of overlap in ingredients oh, between yeah. everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's all like, you know, there it's all uh, self care. It's all uh, cleaning. It's you know, everything that occurs within you know, the shower or 10 feet of it. Um, so when did, how long have you been doing this? So we unofficially, my wife, actually, she's my business partner. She's actually the founder. Like the, it started with her. She was just looking for a skill. Um, ran across uh, soap making in a craft book and was like, okay, I'm gonna give this a stab. So she started <laughs> off with melt and pour. Um, after she showed it to me, I was like, well, you got to learn how to make this from scratch. So she learned how to make it from scratch and, that was around the end of 2014, like December is 2014. Um, we didn't, we didn't really officially on paper, you know, file our business until January 1st, 2016. We were making, we were just, you know, selling to, to friends. We were going to a congregation. You know how you sell to people in your church afterwards when people leave, we were just doing that. And she was, you know, posting it on social media, just a little bit. People are like, Hey, I want some, we sell it like that. We didn't get on Shopify until, July of 2015. Okay. So it was like December, 
and she melts down some soap, starts making her own soap based on a craft book. And you immediately, it sounds like you pretty quickly were like, well, all right, you got to take this, this, this step further, make your own soap. Mm-hmm. And when did, from there, when did you go, well, shit, we could sell this. Really? Because at the time I had another business, I had a landscape design business and I'm really, really in the business. Um, but when okay. I saw that she made the product and I thought to myself, wow, like you can, you can ship this. And then with soap, it doesn't spoil. So I was right. like, I was like, okay, well, this has the opportunity to really scale. Cause you know, I was in the landscape and, <clears throat> and landscape design. I knew that you can scale that, but you can't really scale that. Like, like how you can do an e-com brand, you know, with, with selling soap, you know? So I yeah, was like, you're in uh, a professional service business is yeah. dependent on like hands and time. Right. Right. So when I saw that this could be sold online, I knew from that point, like, okay, this, this could really, uh, really do something. That's why in July of 2015, we got on Shopify and then uh, I don't know why there was such a gap, but we didn't officially file the business until um, January 1st, 2016. Okay. And, uh, so neither of you had like any background in, in soap or soap making. It was just a thing you went like, all right, well, we could figure this out. No, no background. I mean, my wife literally, she's really heavy into books. She's, she stays mine books. Like you, she's getting shipments every other day of just books. So she's just been flooding it with the books. Um, For me, I I was at the same time she was learning soap. I was learning the internet marketing, digital marketing world because I was applying that to my landscaping. Excuse me. Okay. I was applying that to my landscaping business, learning about blogging, learning about creating content. So I was really diving really deep into that world. I remember we was in a one bedroom apartment. She was she would be in the kitchen learning about the soap and I'll be in the other room learning about the marketing aspect. It's a it's a good team where like early mm-hmm. on you define those roles and you know like okay this is what you're doing this is what I'm doing and we're both just gonna research the hell out of it and educate uh-huh. ourselves. And it and, sounds like that's what you both did, and that's what it um, is even to today. She's over all of the product, the product creation, and then I'm that marketing side and content, and that's what I was doing from day one. Now I have like a small team around me, but from day one, product marketing. So the the early. I mean, early on, it's just like, all right, well, why not me? And you already had that entrepreneurial mindset and you recognize like there is a definite opportunity here. From there, uh, you start, you validated it by selling it to your local community, to your your congregation, to the, um, and then like to friends and family. And then, so you knew right away, like that validated it. And so you knew, all right, we could get this on, if it'll sell locally, we can get it to sell on Shopify. We could sell it over the internet to strangers. That's the next step. Um, you've mentioned like, all right, I was researching marketing, marketing and blogging and content. Talk to me about that, that marketing strategy. Cause when you, it's like one thing to show up in person and sell to people way easier actually than it is to sell as a stranger to strangers on the internet. How, how do you get this thing off the ground? How do you get anyone to pay attention to the Shopify store. Well, you know, early, early on, you know, when you when you're first starting, you know, you have literally like no money. You don't really have any money to run ads. You don't have any money to do that. So really, all you have is just consistency. You know, so one of the biggest things we did oh, one of the, one of the biggest things we did was we just documented what we already were doing. And soap making is honestly a very cool thing to look at. You know, I don't know you about the the, the ASMR type things that people have today and all that. Where people love I, sounds. Oh, I love it. But yeah. for people who don't know, explain ASMR and like this ASMR YouTube subculture that's come up. Yeah, ASMR, even I'm trying to even learn it, but ASMR to me is like the sounds, you know, the crunching, the 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 satisfaction people get. It like calms people's anxiety, honestly. Like 
Yes. That's that's what I see. Um, but people really like that. So early on, we really took advantage of just going live, showing us making soap, um, just documenting what we were doing. Like like when I'm talking like every step of our way, we were just documenting our journeys. Um, we kind of was taking a little. I listened to Gary V. We were kind of taking his approach. Of, I love Gary V. Yeah, he was. We were taking his approach of just document and don't create. Because a lot of people I run into now, they're trying to figure out what type of content do I create? And I'm like, well, you're a business owner. You do so many things in your business daily. Just capture a little bit of that and just kind of have that magnifying glass on it and show it to the world, you know, through distributing through YouTube, through Instagram, you know, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. So that's what we did early on. Just just document it. And we kept it very, very simple. So people knew what we were doing. I love this idea of well, I, I love that you you're following Gary V's lead because okay. I don't think there's there's anyone quite as consistent or prolific <laughs> at business content marketing oh than, than Mr. Vaynerchuk. Yeah, he's the GOAT. That guy is just wild. And then on top of it, it's like, yeah, he's got a team behind him. But every time you see him speak, you know yeah. that that guy is just pure hustle yeah. energy in human form. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right, so we've, we've plugged the hell out of Gary V. Uh, Gary, you're welcome. And I tried to get him on the podcast once, and I got as close as his assistant being like, all right, you know, like I know he wants to do more e-commerce right. stuff. I'll take this to him. He should definitely so, be on here. <laughs> all right well you let gary know absolutely we'll see see if he jumps on um let's see uh so you said like two things that i think were critical to that early content marketing you said number one consistency mm -hmm. and two work in public document don't create mm -hmm. i mean like i've had people ask me hey how you like what's your social media strategy what's your content strategy the sole strategy is if I'm doing you know, in my professional life, if I see something that is interesting to me, mm -hmm. I screenshot it, write up why that's interesting and put it in my social media tool buffer and it posts once a day everywhere. See? That's it. Yeah. It's not that complicated. Not complicated. When you say consistency, how often were you were you posting? Well, you know, for me, we were trying to post daily, um, at least five days a week. And the thing is, if we if I didn't post um, and just just to back up a little bit. I didn't come on full time until 2017, like the end of 2016. I was involved a little bit, but not fully. I stopped my landscaping business at the end of 2016. And then we ended up getting this huge order that made me come on. So I started taking on the, um, the digital marketing aspects of our company. So again, pretty consistently, five days a week. If I did fall off a day, it was okay. Um, I just jumped back on the next day. Um, but video, heavy, heavy video. That, okay. that, that was the thing, because I, I was always reading about how video was going to take over. Video was going to take over in 2017. It was going to take over in 2018. And as you know, now video is probably the cream of the crop when it comes to all forms of content. So heavy, heavy video. And it wasn't like high quality video. It was with my phone. Like we didn't have the money at the time to hire videographers like we do now. So heavy, all of my phone and quick distribution. That's why I like it on the phone, because I take it on my phone, distribute it very, very quickly. I love this. Like, I think for a lot of people, you know, they they need to give themselves permission to just suck at something mm -hmm. before they're good at it. And if you're going to suck at something, like at least do it with the gear you have. Mm -hmm. Whatever the camera you have is, is the one you're going to use. Like, truthfully, you know, I've got this this gigantic, I got this big expensive DSLR camera. Oh, nice. This thing's such a, oh, it's so nice. And honestly, of the the cameras I own, I use this one the least. Oh, yeah. My iPhone is the one in my pocket. I use that for almost everything. See? And I even edit the videos on my phone. Right, right. Because um, you're right. It's like it's quick distribution. It's mm -hmm. the easiest form. It's so just, it's what you got. It's quick and easy to do. Yeah. Um, Volume. And then, That's what or I'm... even like, uh, 
you know, I use like a micro four thirds camera because it's easy. But it's mm-hmm. like a point and shoot camera I bought used for two hundred bucks. That's cheaper than my phone. Right, right. I uh, have the same. I have the, a point and shoot camera as well. So it's all about volume. That's that was the biggest thing for us is just volume. You know, especially in the internet today, it's hard to stick out. How are you going to? A lot out? of noise. Yeah. So you have to be coming with the volume. This is, and I'm talking about before you run the ads or whatnot. If people are just talking about an organic strategy, volume. That's going to be your best friend. So okay, so you're docu- you're posting uh, five out of seven days a week, uh, at least once a day. You're documenting soap creation mm-hmm. with your phone, and uh, you're doing this largely on Instagram. Yeah, um, early for us was Instagram and Facebook, and Facebook, and really a lot of even, but very early was our personal page on Facebook because you know that's like our network. It's like our personal network. So right. we're doing a lot of that. Like I said, going live. And just documenting the journeys of the business as well. Like we got this huge order. So we're telling people, hey, we, hey, we got this huge 4,000 bar order that we got to get to Cali. Um, it was a point in time where we needed to raise money to, to get us to Cali, to get this order to ship. Um, we ran out of money. So we, since we were so transparent through our journey, people already knew that we were working on this huge order. So when we asked for the money, it was like, oh, yeah, I know you guys are working on this big order because you've been documenting your journeys. So that made it easy to do that. I think it, it creates there's implicit trust because there's there's total transparency there where the, mm-hmm. like people who've been following along the whole time saw where it started. Mm-hmm. Like they made soap in their kitchen and then saw it grow. And it it's cool. You get invested in someone's journey when mm-hmm. you watch it that way. So the you'd mentioned like early on you don't have money to spend on ads, you got to do everything organic. What over time how has that marketing how has your marketing strategy evolved like what's it look like today mm-hmm. versus uh three years ago wow it's definitely involved um and i didn't even mention our email marketing we we're very heavy email um we've been we've been building our email list since the beginning since the 2015 and we were using mailchimp for for four years and then last year we switched to clavio um that was partly to my friend isaiah and then also you as well you talked about clavio a lot on the podcast so when I was hearing about Clavio and just the segmentation, you know, that's that's really good. But it's evolved from the standpoint of, like I said, from MailChimp to Clavio um, ads. We still take the document approach. We're still very transparent. The way we communicate, literally, like we tell our videographer, hey, let's just we're, we're going to talk directly to the customer. And we're just going to tell them, like, for example, when we're backed up right now, we're very transparent as to why we're backed up. We just re- released recently released a video on how we're improving the shipping times. And we, we're running that as a retargeting ad. So another thing that we're that, that has evolved is our ads and the ad spend. This year in 2020 is the first year that we have consistently committed to a monthly budget with ads. In the past, we've ran ads. I've had the pixel installed like way early in the game. Um, I wasn't very knowledgeable about custom audiences and like lookalike audiences early in, earlier, but now we're taking advantage of all of that type of stuff. So. I think that also contributes to our growth this year is really committing to a budget, a solid budget every month. And we're scaling it up every single month. And what, when you, you talk about, yeah, you're talking about Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Facebook ads, and Instagram right? ads yeah. and YouTube. Have ads. you ever, Oh, you do YouTube ads? We do YouTube ads. How's that go? I've not played with YouTube ads. That's why I asked. YouTube ads is really, really well. I think we're, um, the last time I talked to my, um, ads guy, he said, we're getting a seven X return on the YouTube ads right now. Whoa! Yeah. How's that compare to like uh, Facebook or Instagram for ROAS? Well, as far as um, a few of our ads have had that seven x, seven to eight x return. We've had had months when we've had that seven eight x return, but Facebook and Instagram ads is the majority of our budget. 
the majority of our budget, okay. we actually just recently added the YouTube ads, probably like two months ago. It was a my ads guy was like, hey, let's add YouTube. I think it's a good time to do it as we were scaling and going through all of this growth. He was like, hey, let's add this ad as another channel now. And he, now he's about to add TikTok ads as another channel coming up. Oh, shortly. that could be big. That could be. I got a client who does um, uh, candles and bath bombs yeah. on and like TikTok. Like it was a moder- It was a, a, a good business before. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at. And now 2020 with TikTok ads, this one, it like went from like, it's just a, an average good store to like top 2% kind of thing. I mean, just wow. wild stuff because so few people are taking advantage of TikTok ads. It's still oh, like a man. blue ocean where you could get a lot of value for your money. Oh yeah. We're about to attack it. Cause we, my brother actually is the one that's over our TikTok. He's, he's has such a talent on creating TikTok content that I just told him, Hey, do just just control our TikTok. We grew from like a thousand followers to like fifteen followers. Literally, when I say overnight, I he shot he shot a video. It went up to like two hundred and thirty thousand views overnight, and our followers like increased that much overnight. And we ended up having like our best day ever as an e-com store because of the help of TikTok. Of, of course, we were running Facebook ads and everything like that, but TikTok was where all the traffic was coming from. It's funny you say that. Like I, I just mentioned that other client with the, with you know, the the bath bombs with TikTok. And it was a very similar story. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you're not alone in this. And like the people who have been willing to experiment with TikTok and put the time in, the payoff you get with it, if something, if their algorithm decides, okay, this is viral. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Wow, yeah. <laughs> the amount of traffic it drives. It Does the traffic convert? It sounds like you said, hey, we had our best day ever. It sounds like it does. Yes, it definitely converted. And it was a very simple video. It was just a video of us showing how we make our facial wash. All we did was just showing the facial wash. And my wife did like a little voiceover on it. So it wasn't even that's interesting. That's all it was just a voiceover, and it was just us showing us how we make it. We put in the turmeric in, and you know, turmeric has a nice color and things like that. And yes. it just went crazy. And then when I went back to the to Shopify and just was seeing where the traffic was coming from, everyone was just buying the facial wash. Like we had the most facial washes sold that day, and I know it was because of that video. We were getting emails wow. and DMs like, Hey, I saw you on TikTok, and it was just just crazy. Do you think there's like, is there like a, a social proof element to when a TikTok video goes viral that people are like, I, I want to get in on this? Man, I, I think so. I think I think because even when I'm on TikTok consuming content, when I see a video has like a lot of views and it's kind of got a lot of comments, like I'm going to check it out and see it. And I'm going to go through the comments to just see what people are. There's the feedback. Like, that's just how I am with even with content. My brother's the same way. He's always looking at the trends and what's popular, what challenges are, are really popular in there and try to incorporate it into our business. And, and how we do things here. So you got to be like uh, uh, on trend to get to hit success with TikTok. I mean, you don't have to be on trend. You can set trends. You can you like because all the trends that we see, someone has set that as a trend, you know. So, I mean, honestly, with him, funny, funny, comical things are very good. Like humor. Humor is very great. It breaks the ice. It's not always just trying to sell. But for him, he's just all, the type of content we produce on TikTok. Again, it's kind of going back to that documenting type of thing. We're just showing. Yeah, what, th- we're just showing what we're doing. Well, it fundamentally, like you said, I really, I, I asked, oh, what kind of content works? And you went interesting or funny content. Yeah. All right. Well, when you phrase it like that, it's like, well, duh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's not that easy, and I it, it genuinely is tough to create interesting or funny content. And yeah. there's like nothing more painful than someone who's not funny trying to be funny. <laughs> 
So I'm like, if you just suspect that about yourself, right. go with the documenting approach. Like, yeah, one of the for doing the show, when I meet someone who does something unusual or does something I'm not familiar with, I always ask them, like, what's something that would surprise me about that, mm-hmm. about that, like whatever work you do. And they almost always tell me something that I'm like, oh, that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I know I'll like pull that out two years later at a dinner party. Right. And be like, oh, actually, um, the <laughs> so. I completely derailed myself and lost my train of thought. Oh, no, oh all right. So if you've got, if you, you know, if you can't do funny or funny, scary, right. like don't, don't make yourself crazy with it. Go with the interesting content, but ask yourself like, all right, because I'm in some, I'm in an, a niche. I'm like ways deep in this niche, or I'm like in an unusual industry. What's something that like when people, when you talk to people who aren't in it about it, what do they always get wrong? Ah, all right, there you go. Now that means, you know, what's going to surprise those people because oh. you know what they already think about you. So yeah. now make, Try and make a video that explains, so, you know, that mm-hmm. that peels back the curtain and try and explain something different, and interesting. Mm-hmm. I think if I were trying to make, intentionally trying to make viral content, they, I think that's the way to do it: is make the content that's like truthful, educational, and surprising. Yeah, absolutely. I'm riffing out loud here, but I like I like where I'm going with this. If I pat myself on the back, nah, you, you're making you're making total sense. Like even for us, like what's super interesting that people don't even know is that soap has to cure for a few weeks. Like three to four weeks. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's another thing that backs us up is the curing time. So we explain that through videos and people are like, oh, okay. I didn't know cold processed soap has to sit for three to four weeks. And it just gets better with time. You know, and I had not, I hadn't realized that. Um, And at the same time, like, it's kind of cool if I'm buying soap, Mm -hmm. but then I also know the story behind like this, this thing that I'm using every day intimately, like, Well, I want to know how that's made, right? right? Like you're going to, that's going to be top of mind. And then if it ever comes up, um, if somebody's looking for a recommendation, like you're going to remember that story. So not only are you going to recommend the soap that you love, Mm -hmm. you're going to tell them like, well, yeah, they have to cure it for three weeks and it's all handmade in Georgia. Like that's cool. That's part of the advantage to sharing that story and working in public that way. Absolutely. If if, if people are, especially we're on e-com, like people make, people have products. These are all product-based businesses a lot show the product being made like if you if you can if you want to but i highly recommend to show that behind the scenes well and especially with you where it's like okay this is handmade all natural mm-hmm. you know organic artisanal whatever you want to call it here seeing it made that way mm-hmm. gives it complete credibility mm-hmm. like it's so many things claim to be all natural organic and like are they right right are they though right, right? <laughs> whereas when i see the video of you making it like okay now i i there's no more doubt i know right um, all right, so going, I'm still on content here. I'd love content. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what kind of, are there any other formats, um, or like themes or, uh, content or ad types that you think work like funny stuff works, uh, educational behind the scenes stuff works. It, it, video is the way to go. Cause it's very mm-hmm. engaging and professional, but you don't have to get crazy with it. Anything else? Huh? I think, well, as far as everything that you just said, I think you, you've kind of nailed everything that we do, honestly. Um, and we kind of just recirculate that. I mean, the volume aspect, we're always testing different type of ads um, just with different types of content. Um, honestly, that that's that's our whole strategy. The educational, the inform, like in, informing them, funny. That, that To answer your question, I think, previous about how we've evolved is by adding the funny, the comical. Okay. We didn't used to do that. And that actually has worked as a good top of the funnel type of content for when we run ads. Like when we if we run some funny stuff, that performs really, really well because it like breaks this ice. 
and then and then we can go into trying to tell them about the soap and selling it or whatnot. Because if we're making them laugh, like that for the top of the funnel has has performed extremely well. Well, yeah, and it's like, I mean, think about when you meet someone. If, like, you meet someone, and the first time you meet them, they genuinely make you laugh. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a good sign. A good start. And actually, we were talking about that in the pre-interview yeah. before we started recording. You were like, man, Paul's really funny. funny. And I said, yeah, I remember when I first started working with him, like, we'd go out to lunch. And, like, I have this, I have a vivid memory of, like, the one of the first times he was working with us, and we were walking to lunch. We are like, going to Potbellies or Panera's or something. And, like, he said something... I had to stop in the middle of the street because I was laughing so hard. Mm -hmm. And like that, I mean, that makes an impression. I ended up making the guy my business partner. Right, right. I don't, I can't say it's 100% because he's funny, right. but it didn't hurt. Right, right. Um, um, I'm trying to think of just some, I mean, did we talk about YouTube? I mean, YouTube, we, we are posting. Well, yeah, what kind of ad, like when I watch YouTube videos, yeah. the ads that I don't necessarily like immediately violently click through mm -hmm. and skip, are the ones that look like TV commercials? I don't know why. Like those are the ones that stop me. What have you found is like a, a reasonable format for YouTube ads? Because you're getting a great row ad. Yeah, um, I'll, and I'll be specific. We're running. I think we're only running two pieces of content for the YouTube. Um, the first one, which is performing the best. Oh, actually, let me here plug this computer in. Actually, it's dying. But the best one is the it's our brand story video, and the way that our brand story oh. video starts. It's kind of like uh, you have to you have to see it. I wish I could I could um, have it, but you have to see it. But that's that's the one that's performing the best. That's going into our story, and it's like a three I'll minute. Put it in the show notes. It's a, yeah, it's a three minute video. That's what we're running as as um as our YouTube ad, and it's performing amazing because it starts off like this story, like this dope story, and then and then it just goes into it. And if you know, I think that he's saying that a lot of people are watching it through. Hmm. And I, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, mm -hmm. what about length? And normally the advice is like, ah, oh, shorter's better, shorter's better. Nobody watches. Three minutes for an ad and people are watching it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, three minutes. And um, that's another thing about our YouTube channel. People watch our videos. That was something that we did early in the days that we would we would post like hour long videos on our YouTube. People are I was gonna say you have an hour long I just I Googled YouTube Urban Eden. Yeah. And all right, so I got your channel. Second result is a video from uploaded by Urban Eden entitled Washing Your Lady Parts. And the third <laughs> I mean, if that's a common question, yeah, make the video for absolutely. it. Absolutely. The third result is Urban Eden Documentary Episode 1. It's an hour-long video. People love to just sit there and just see us in our element. Like, literally, like, we would tell our videographer, hey, just, just capture us. We're in our natural, but we're just doing what we do. And he's just there for an hour, just filming. For hours. When did you... Dis what made you hire a videographer? When did you like, this is this is a thing we should do? 2018, I said to myself, I said, man, I really... Because I was doing a lot of the content myself. So I was like, you know, as things started to pick up and, you know, con having content on your phone and it's taking over your phone and um, just the space. I was like, man, I need a videographer. I really wanted to film like a documentary type of thing. So honestly, just capturing more. I wanted more. And again, I know we're going to plug Gary in, but listening to him. You needed your D-Rock. Right. Man, there you go. There you go. I needed a D-Rock. And that actually helped out a lot. Just And now I have I have several creatives on the team that do different things. One for TikTok, one that's kind of capturing the long form YouTube type of content. And another one that's kind of filming the, the polished type of brand story video. Man, that's gotta feel good when you're like, you were making this content. It is pivotal to your, or critical to your success. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to delegate it and have other people do it better than you were doing. Oh, absolutely. 
You ever like just look at your own content and be like, damn, this is sweet. Yeah, honestly, I, I want to go back and look at all our early, early, early days. Like, I love going back looking at the early days, man. It's just because so much has happened, you know? Oh, it's so, uh, it, I do that too. And like, it's nostalgic, but also cringy. Yeah. Like, not long ago, <laughs> this year, like earlier this year, I listened to episode one of this podcast. Holy crap, it's so bad. <laughs> right. But like, you know, if I listened to it and I was like, this is pretty good, that's the red flag, right? Like, if you're, the content you made back in 2015 is pretty much on par with what you're making now. Well, then you're not evolving. Right, you're not evolving. Right. And I love to see that evolution. Like it's just, it's just something about it. Like, but then I, I, I use that. I repurpose that into new content because people now they get to see where we started. So I'm, uh, so I'm, so I'm pulling old content from 2016 and posting it. Like, hey, like for example, before we wrapped this, how you see the soaps now? We used to wrap them in tissue paper and write on the that the soap. <laughs> And we posted that one day and people just went crazy. Like, wow, like, wow, you guys have came a long way. And I wish I get, I want myself to get come just like that. And I'm like, <laughs> we don't do it like that anymore, but just kind of just showing them that journey. Hold up. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit Klaviyo.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to him. Okay, so I want... You mentioned brand story several times. For people who don't know, what the heck is brand story? Your brand story is honestly just your your inception story, like how you got started. Um, like for us, just just really, really quick, we got started because we were interning at an urban farm earlier um, in our careers, like probably right after college. We didn't finish. And we were just in the environment of planting and growing food and things like that, that producer mindset. So my wife was just like, hey, I really want to get into this farmer's market culture. I want to sell the product at the farmer's market. So then she started, she found soap making. So that video is just detailing that whole journey. And then it's showing us as we're going through our journey up until now. So that's all the brand story. It's just introducing people to the brand, your story. I mean, your story is literally everything. Just like it's it's how you build rapport with people. People, you can break that ice. and Because people, especially on the internet, if they can get to know you, they get an opportunity to like you. And then once they can get an opportunity to like you, then if you can get that trust, I mean, you just kind of checked all the boxes and they will at least listen to what you have to offer. The no, I mean, that's, that's brilliant. And I think, you know, one of the things that really uh, merchants like absolutely hamstring themselves doing is not sharing their story. And even like, you know, not having a great about page, not having those brand story videos, not being willing to get in front of the camera. That's rough. Like that really limits your success. Mm -hmm. um, and so like the, my clients, the, the merchants I've spoken to, the ones that share their journey and their story and who they are and like do it proudly, mm -hmm. 
and consistently the way you have for the last five years. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that really see a lot of success because people relate to you and what you're doing and then they're willing to uh, you know, risk uh, trying trying your product. Absolutely. The, so like if, you know, if you're like, man, I'm, I'm struggling with my store and you don't have like a really great about page that tells uh, your life story, mm -hmm try start there right like do that first do that um the okay so i don't know if you watch the news but there's a pandemic going on oh yeah forgot right? about that. yeah you've heard about yeah. that okay good <laughs> so what impact has that had on your business oh my goodness like i mean should we like oh man okay so just, just <laughs> the macro answer it has had a massive impact good mostly good a little bit of bad. I'll just go into the bad. Just the bad is only just you know supply chains. I think everyone's dealing with that. Delayed shipping times. Um, really, the, the the supply chains they're just they're just slower. You know, it just takes longer for you to get things. everything. Yeah, so everything you do is slower. It's slower. So just just now, just trying to order way more than you're used to ordering. You know that that's a big thing, but. Overall, like I said, it has massively impacted. I mean, just think about when we first got into COVID. It was around like beginning of March, mid-March. Um, people were stocking up on everything. We had soap. We were advertising a lot that tea tree is antiviral, antibacterial. So it's really, really good for, you know, just keeping yourself protected, you know, in your immune system and things like that. So I love tea tree. And eucalyptus. Oh, yeah. Tea tree is amazing. Um, so we were really pushing that message. So people were just stocking up. And it's soap. Mm. It's soap. Um, the store, you know, the stores were very crazy. So you could, we have a brick and mortar as well. So people were coming to our brick and mortar and also ordering online as well. But our brick and mortar definitely had saw an uptick at the beginning of COVID. Um, at the beginning, of course, now we have temporarily closed it and it's only for pickups because um, we had to, we pretty much overtook our store, had to move to a warehouse and things like that. But we're getting it renovated now. But Overall, it has it has impacted. I don't know if you want us to go into the specific growth and, and, and like the numbers. Sure. Of no, yeah, please like. do. Well, uh, average month for us at the beginning of the year, we were doing about 30,000 um, in January, 30,000 a month in January, about 900 orders. Um, and that we were happy. We were ecstatic. We were like, we're starting off January um, doing 30,000. We were projected to do like 600,000 uh, this year. So we were like, we're starting off good. Then in February, we increased 30% to 38,000. I think we did like maybe like a little under a thousand orders. So we were like, okay, we were pumped. We were like, okay, this year is starting off great. We can grow 30% every month, which is very hard to do. But if we could do that, then we're going to have an amazing year. We're going to hit our goal. And then in March, we end up booming up to 63,000 from the 38. And then after that, after that to April, we went to 110,000. And then in May, we did 225,000. And then in last month we did three hundred and twenty-five thousand. So we were just month after month after month. Just the growth was just. It was a combination of COVID. Um, I think it was also a combination of just maybe some of the protests that that were going on. Um, just being a black-owned business. Um, I think also, and then also us increasing our ad spend. Um, we were talking with a Facebook manager, a Facebook guy at, at Facebook, and he was just telling us, "Hey, if you could," it was in March. He was like, "Hey, if you can increase your ad spend right now." do it because you know more people online i listened to your podcast and you were you were i was listening to it very closely especially around covid and you were talking about your clients and you were just saying how a lot of them were seeing increases i think it was like a half and half i think some were some weren't um but i was like i was like okay 
let's increase that ad spend. More people are at home. They're ordering online. So that, that, that was the combination. I think it was the perfect storm. And just having that product, the soap, it was just like perfect. And there were so many times I wanted to close the store down because we were just experiencing just, just massive growth. And I'm just like, yo, this is becoming too much. But I never would close it. I just would continue to just take this in because I just felt like this was a window of opportunity. And who knows when we would ever see this again? Because COVID had so much uncertainty, you didn't know if next month they were going to tell you everyone had to completely shut down. Postal service is going to shut down. Everything's going to shut down. So it was just like, I can't. It was scary. Yeah, it was, scary. It, yeah, it was the unknown. We did yeah. in March. It was in March. Is like I woke up every. It felt like every day I woke up and went, oh, all right, it's, you know, nice day. Right. And then 30 seconds later, I went, oh, shit, this again. Right. Or like everything, you remember everything. Right. Because we didn't know what was going to happen and how it was going to play out. It was scary stuff. Very scary. So that's why I was just like, okay, I'm not going to shut it down. Because again, I don't know if the next month we're going to have like zero revenue just because of us shutting down, like out of our control. So I just kept it going. And man. Make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. So you could sell. So keep selling while you can. Right. So honestly, just kind of understanding the essential businesses and what, you know, what that was for each state. Each state was like, you know, very different. But I think e-com businesses, I, every time I was looking at the essential list, like we were good. Like we were like totally fine. Like, and honestly, we rode that wave, man. <laughs> yeah, you certainly did. Um, and it worked out because like I, so I've always bought online, mm -hmm. but I buy way more stuff online now because right, yep. a i got more disposable income because we're not going on vacation right. not going out not really not paying like there's just a lot of reduced expenses that created more discretionary income so a lot of people are spending because of that and then on top of it like if i can avoid it i'm not going to the damn store right. i'm not going like making a quick run to best buy right. i'll just buy the stuff online if i can Convenient. and so then and then like at the same time you've got everybody is online more well uh, ad marketplaces, you work off supply and demand. So you've got more supply of eyeballs mm -hmm. and a lot of people in a panic cut spend. Yes. And so it reduced demand. Well, so in March, you had this perfect storm, like end of March, April, we saw return on ad spend numbers, just like crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And so for the people like you who went, you know what? Uh, I, I'm going to gamble on this. It really paid off. Mm -hmm. it, re it really did. I mean, just to break down just kind of our ad spend, I told you we, um, oh, I don't know if I mentioned it. In January, we, we started off spending like 2400 for our ad spend. And then we increased to like, I think 2800 in February. Then I think we doubled it to like 5000 in March. And then fast forward to, I think last month, we did like 20000 in ad spend. So like, and honestly, my, my ad guy had gave me a heart attack a little bit once I saw the final numbers. <laughs> but, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really trip because I was just like, wow, you spent that much, huh? And uh, but it was but it was perfect. You know, we, we gained so much data. You know, our pixel was getting worked and it, it, it just a perfect storm, man. And I'm really looking forward to that Q4 as to what is Q4 going to look like? Well, let's ask that. So you've got like Q4 is coming down the pipe. And I think there's a lot of anxiety around like, well, what's Black Friday, Cyber Monday? Uh, what's that that going to look like this mm -hmm. year? Is it going to be bigger than ever? You know, because you've got like Target and Walmart and a lot of these places are closing on thanksgiving mm. now um where they hadn't in the past and like it's just not realistic to do doorbuster sales right mm. now or you know or, or it, it, do we got to pay the piper and people aren't going to be spending nearly as much like what's it's either i i think it's either gonna go one way or the other it's gonna it, it's gonna drop 10 percent. we're all gonna have a heart attack or it's gonna explode 10 percent, and it just shift almost entirely to online sales mm. I've obviously, you know, I hope the, the optimistic, I want the positive, right. uh, but I think that's like the fear right now is we don't know what's going to happen. So I think the, the solution is 
you invest as heavily in building your audience and growing your lists now mm-hmm. th- leading up to mm-hmm. it to prepare. And then that way, like no matter what it is, you're going to have the best black Friday that you could have mm-hmm. given the situation. I totally agree. I mean, I agree. I, I don't, like I said, I, I think that even if I think for the worldwide, if, if they, if it goes down 10%, I do see an increase in e-commerce still. I do see that. And I see actually what I predict. I see er- people purchasing their gifts way earlier because of the weight, because e-com, e-com took a huge hit. I mean, we, we all grew, but at the same time, it's the delays in shipping just from just all across the board. I think a lot of people, they didn't like that, especially just from the feedback we got from our customers that they're going to go. They're going to do their holiday shopping way earlier. That's what that's what we that we saw. Interesting. Okay, that's good. That's a good yeah. thing. So as long as you're like, yeah, if we do the li- start with the audience building now, yeah. and then maybe run like, uh, or do back to school sale in September, mm-hmm. do uh, run something in October, mm-hmm. uh, and then do you know November, like at the start of November, and of course Black Friday at the end. Like look for every opportunity, and then also try and put yourself in the best possible position instead of worrying about what could happen. Mm-hmm. Like let's just. Just rock the damn thing. Right. Um, on the on shipping, and we're we're coming to the end of our time together. I'll wrap it up soon. But uh, what carrier do you use primarily for shipping? Uh, right now, we're using USPS. Okay. Have you noticed? I mean, all right. So we're recording this July 29th. Have you noticed that like USPS seems to be really struggling in the last month? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I mean, just we had a situation where they picked up all of our packages from the warehouse one day, and they marked them all as delivered. And that was a nightmare. Wow. That was a complete nightmare. And the thing is, I talk, I talk to them all the time. They're overwhelmed. They're, yeah. they're, and I even have a guy that works here. He works at uh, UPS. He's even telling me behind the scenes what's going on there. They're so overwhelmed. Like they have packages in there just, just stacked up. Because even during COVID, a lot of businesses closed. So they were still getting packages in from those businesses. And they just had to store them. So they're so overwhelmed, man. Yeah, it's no, it's rough. Um, did you ever buy anything international? Did I buy anything international? I didn't buy anything international, but I do know of the vendors. Some of the vendors I buy from buy from international and it took forever for them. Yeah. Like, like things just sit in customs for like two to four uh, weeks. Oh now. yeah. It's nuts. That's what my friend literally just told me uh, two days ago that his, his, uh, his packages from China are just sitting in customs. Cause I think they're, I think they just have a backlog of process. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, well, it, yeah, because it, Things were because of the rise in e-commerce. They were already like at the edge before the pandemic, and now with 2020's e-commerce boom, one of like the very few good things to come out of 2020, Mm -hmm. um, they are just pushed absolutely beyond their capacity. Uh, If you had to switch away from USPS, who'd you go? Who'd you go with? UPS, FedEx, DHL? Yeah, probably. DHL has the cool logo. Oh yeah, DHL. Uh, (laughs) Probably, I probably end up switching to. Either between FedEx and UPS. I mean, honestly, that it seems like easier. I use Shopify's, um, you know, fulfillment, so it seems like it would just be easier to use them. As a connoisseur mm-hmm. of just like receiving packages daily, mm-hmm. FedEx is just phenomenal. FedEx, good. Yeah, I get a lot of packages from FedEx, so yeah, I, I can I can really see that. So I mean, honestly, we might have to make a switch, honestly, because. UP, USPS, you know, it's a lot of times where people are like, hey, my order says delivered, but it's not there. Um, they throw your stuff like, you know, we have glass and we we put fragile stickers on there. And they just 
you know, we always get that email Ooh. back of, you know, my my bottle broke and and it, it's going to happen. I mean, it's it's going to happen. It's just the cost of business. Yeah. But it happens. I'm really into uh, I'm into fountain pens uh, and I buy I, I the cool part about fountain pens is being able to change the color. Yeah. When, when, you know, willy nilly. And sometimes like the fountain pen ink comes in glass bottles. Oh, I had one break Ooh. once. Oh, oh my god! They just get a bet. Just this box shows up dripping, oh, and I'm man. like, "No, I knew." Like immediately, you know what yeah. happened. Like this going straight into the garbage. Yeah, we see that a lot. Uh, that one's rough. All right, lightning round. I got my my last three questions here. You had mentioned Clavio. You love the the Clavio flows of your Clavio flows. Your Clavio emails. What's your favorite Clavio email flow? My favorite Clavio email flow. I'm gonna pick between two. The first one, and I think you helped me out with that just a few weeks ago with the long order fulfillment flow. So oh, I, yeah, I yeah. implemented that, and that actually has become that actually has been very very great because I have it going out three. I think like two days after they order, seven days, I think twenty one days because we're on a three to four week fulfillment, and people really love the updates. Like they genuinely love these updates because they're like a lot of brands don't give people updates. And then the yes, then the other one is probably the um the product review. I've really seen a, a huge uptick in, in our reviews on our website since we've implemented that. Uh, and honestly, Clavio did it itself. I didn't even have to do it. Like, mm. Clavio, once I hooked it up to Shopify, it created the product review um, flow for me automatically. And that has, in, that awesome. has increased the um, reviews. Yeah. So, the for listeners' benefit, we were talking about the, the delayed fulfillment flow yeah. that is built into Clavio. You just got to add it. And what it, the rule it sets up is like, if it's, if order has been, placed but mar- left unfulfilled for five days and you could change it to whatever mm-hmm. uh, but let's say it's five days then it automatically sends out a plain text email from uh from your account to the customer that says hey we're really like we have not forgotten about your order we're still going to ship it mm-hmm. we're just experiencing unreal volume and we're backed up and that's all and what and then so like that alone just the bar for customer service is extremely low unfortunately yeah. but the advantage there is like just that one little thing, like you said, immediately people are like, oh, thank you. Thank you for the update. I really they appreciate it. Because otherwise you're like, Where the, where'd my right. stuff go? They love that. Like they And they honestly think that you send it to them personally. Plain text emails. Yeah. They're so underutilized. Uh, okay. That's my lightning question number one. I got two more. If you had to do, if you could do one thing differently when you started, let's say you could go back to 2015, give yourself one piece of advice. What is it? Um, I kind of have like a, a 1A, 1B. The first one, it's a good question, is um, I would have tried to in- incorporate shipping into my pricing. That's something that I would have would have done early. And then the other one is probably run ads a, a bit earlier. Because like I said, it okay. wasn't until this year. And we could have, I was, I analyzed our numbers. I'm like, man, we could have, we could have seen some growth, like even earlier, like way more growth earlier. If we would have ran ads earlier, at least retargeting ads. At least ran retargeting yes. ads from the beginning. They're very safe. Yeah, like I should have been running retargeting ads from the beginning. I even had the, I don't know what got into me. I had the pixel installed from the beginning as well. I don't know why I did it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just did it. I could have been running retargeting ads for so much earlier. Uh, you know, at the same time though, like you can't beat yourself right, up over right. it. Cause number one, like that survivorship bias, yeah. you made it here and you're successful. So it's really easy for you to go like, well, I know what I did to be successful, I wish I would have done all of that on day one and everyone else should do that too. <laughs> right, right? right? Like that's for me. I'm like, well, why didn't I do all this? I, like my business, I spent five years just screwing around right. really. And then suddenly like figured out and started doing consistently. And then, you know, it took several years and now I'm here. Right. Um, but 
yeah, no, it's you can't beat yourself up about it, but you're right. It's like, just take the plunge. And with PPC ads, remarketing ads are about as safe as it gets. So final, final question here. What would, if you were to give one piece of advice to listeners, you're like, look, you got a Shopify store. Here's the one thing I wish you would do. What is it? Is it spend money on like, just get over the fear and spend the money on the ads? Um, you know, for me, the first thing I'm even talking with people is your content production. You have to, you got to produce some type of content. We live in a digital world now. Like you have to create something and it, and it's going to have to be video or something like at least video. Like even here, like you creating this, like just how I even found your podcast and, you know, began working with you and you guys did the work for us with our website and that whole thing. Cause it's like, I, I trusted you. I trusted you. It was the, the ice was broken. I already knew who you were. I listened to tons of episodes. So if a person can just just produce content and, you know, volume of content, honestly, that's that's my biggest advice for people. And then from there, you kind of can do whatever you want. If you kind of can do whatever you want to do from there, because you have a voice, it's like your mouthpiece, you know. I know that's, that's fabulous advice. And I know from experience, it's true, not just because it, it, it worked for me, but because when we look at our, our portfolio of clients, mm-hmm. the ones who are the most successful have a single thing in common and it's, they all produce a tremendous volume of video content mm-hmm. yourself included. Mm-hmm. Cause your business is uh, quite, quite tremendous and successful. Mm-hmm. All right. I will leave it there. But if people want to check out this soap and they want to learn more about you, where do they go? They can go to first and go to our website, which is uh, Urban Eden, spelled like Herb, H-E-R-B-N-E-D-E-N. And I'm sure you probably put it in the show notes. Um, UrbanEden.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Urban Eden, YouTube at Urban Eden, TikTok, Facebook, all Urban Eden. I will include that stuff in the show notes. And 100%, just check out Urban Eden's soap. It looks so good. If you just look at it, you will just on its appearance alone. You're like, uh, I probably want to buy it. Right. I'm amazed and, every time I use it, honestly. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's gotta feel great. Cause it's like, it, it's your product. Yeah. The thing you've spent five years working on with your wife. It really, it, like you must feel occasionally look down at the soap and go like, I'm proud of this. Yeah. That, that honestly, before we leave, like it was, it, it was a time when we ran out of soap at the house and we didn't have any of any of our soap at the house. And I was just like, what? Like, how does this, this <laughs> make sense? And, but man, I love using our soap. Like, I really, really do. And, and you guys try it out, check it out. You'll love it. Very good. All right. We'll leave it there. Quentin, thank you. This has been great. Thank you, Kurt. And you have a good one. One last thing. If you're new to e-commerce, you're probably thinking what we all were in the early days. Where the heck do I start? Product photography? Discount codes? A logo? Thankfully, there's a simple answer. Start with your theme. Your Shopify theme is your online storefront. Picking the right theme influences the way your store looks, how it works, how easy it is for visitors to see your brand's value. And that's what makes or breaks your conversion rate. With nearly a decade of experience building beautiful, performant themes, my friends at Out of the Sandbox are experts in knowing what it takes to make your store a success. From the unmatched speed of Turbo to the endless customization possibilities of Flex, their themes are designed to look great and, more importantly, help you sell more. Whether you want to upgrade your existing theme or launch a brand new online store, Out of the Sandbox has a theme for you. Visit outofthesandbox.com and use promo code KURTS20 for 20% off their best-selling themes, Flex and Turbo. Go to outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial, promo code KURT20 for 20% off Flex and Turbo.
If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.